Oh, nice new hat, Fern. Are you like trying that? to show that off? Is that what's happening? Yeah, because we because this is the video version. Oh, wait, no, we don't post the video version of this. So wait, talk to me about that hat. I like it. A little this, CrossFit Rife action. This hat was a gift for my wife. It's from a company called Holtz. So it's spelled H-O-L-T-Z, Holtz Leather Company. Um, oh, is that the yeah. one that was at the games? I literally have no idea. But she yeah. bought it for me. I have another hat from another company, but it's like they got the, le the leather patch with our logo on the front. It's pretty slick. I like it. So is that a leather CrossFit Rice patch on the front? Yeah, so the leather, it's like a, it's like a brown leather with the, yeah. black, the black, like, um, um, I forgot what it's called. It's like not burned in, but yeah, like burned. Like etched in the the CrossFit and the Rife look like almost like a, like what you would do to a cow. What's that word? Branding, yeah. Branding, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, like I, she got it for me for, I think it was like a late birthday present. Maybe it was a Valentine's Day present. I think by the time we got here, it was a Valentine's Day present. So I think when you're married and whatnot, as long as you are, you just give gifts and you're like, I probably missed something. I mean, like I'm, this the worst. I'm the worst. This no. makes up for the yeah. last seven birthdays I missed. So where oh. can people get that? I mean. Not that people are watching this, but and we have no affiliation with it. It's just a really cool looking hat. Not yet, it's but a company? they should sponsor the show. They should. What is it? No, it's called Holtz, H-O-L-T-Z, Holtz Leather Company. Cool. Well, good present, Jess. I, I like it. So did you put that on expecting me to have a reaction? Because, I, you know, we no. typically did. You just no, put putting but, it on. No, but, but here's the thing. I, I got it Sunday night, and I wore it last night to the gym, and then I wore it this morning. And now I'm to the point where I'm like, we're going to have to order these for the gym or do pre-orders because everybody wants one. Like I've got like 10 comments on it and it's like, I never get that many comments on anything. Yeah. It's probably like a company that is expensive because you typically do one off. So you probably do a pre-order on that. Yeah. I noticed you it's like, um, uh, yeah, but it's like, I think they're like 30 bucks. Yeah. So you're not going to make money. It's just really the, yeah, you know, it's the gym. As long as I don't lose money, I'm fine. And if I have 15 people wearing hats, then I'm good. You're branding with branded hats. There you go. Branding with branding. So I noticed you do the bill. You curve the bill. Is that because you're white? Like you have to do that? Uh, I'm white Hispanic. My last <laughs> name is Fernandez. I uh, always no. forget that you're Hispanic, by the way. Even though your last name is like the most Hispanic. I always, because what's, what's your, do you know like how much of you is Hispanic versus just like straight up Caucasian? I'm a, I'm a second generation immigrant. My dad's from Cuba. He, he immigrated here? Yeah, yeah, like in the um, early '60s, like, like just as just as uh, they immigrated because of the Castro regime uh, was beginning to take over, and they got out of there like a pretty, just kind of barely. Uh, and my dad, it's a pretty interesting story. My dad kind of like, I think when he was about eight years old, they took a plane flight to Mexico, and then him and his dad crossed the Rio Grande together, and. I remember my dad telling me the story. He's like, basically his dad said, you go that way. I'm going to go this way and find uh, border patrol. <laughs> <laughs> your, your dad sounds way more interesting than you. Do you think he would take your spot on the show? He's a pretty smart guy. We look, <laughs> we look, a, we look a lot alike. So I'm not sure people would tell the difference. <laughs> um, so what is the rule on the on, um, last question about hats? What is the rule on the brim these days? Do you go curved? Like, I noticed you do that because you do it at the games as well with our judges hats versus the flat bill. I mean, I don't know that there's a rule. That's just how I grew up when I played baseball. Yeah, uh, like now, uh, now the straight bill is, is like in, but I can't bring myself to do a straight bill. That's very much a West coast thing. Um, but if you're, if you're from the South, like a curved bill, 
has been more uh, apt for, or that's not the right word, more um, common than the straight bill. Although when I watch LSU baseball players, there are a lot of straight bills on that thing. Yeah. I just can't do it. I don't know why. Like, I just don't, I don't feel like it fits my demeanor attitude. I, I think it's an age thing. Probably. I think you get Although, to like, no, I think it's a West Coast thing. I know plenty of dudes that are older than me who are like skaters, surfers that are just West Coast guys that are straight bill all day long. Yeah, but aren't they just sad? It's just sad. That's an opinion. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, because I know a handful of those people are mutual friends. I, I, I imagine we're talking about like the Pat Barbers, the Austin Bejeebings. Uh, Pat wears some funny hats, though. I've seen him wear some hats. I'm like, I don't, I mean, like, you're a dad now, bro. I guess you could do that, but um, <laughs> trying to be the, the hip dad. So, yeah. all right, let, let's talk about it. We are our, our latest episode of Dropping In, episode five at Hammer Driven Fitness went up yesterday and it's gotten rave reviews. Um, people want to know more about it. And, you know, we did 10 episodes. I, I don't want to speak for you, but to me, this was one of the most fun episodes we did and certainly the most unique episodes we did. I would agree with both those statements. I think it was, it was fun because, because of its uniqueness, because you know, there was a little miscommunication on, on our part about like what class we were coming to and in hindsight, I think that created a better, better content for people to watch anyway, because we got to do something pretty unique that probably would have been a lot more challenging for Steph to do if there was 10 to 15 people in a later class in the day. Yeah. For those of you watching the episode, if you haven't already, Hammer Driven Fitness, you know, in Raleigh is, is first of all, it's a gorgeous gym amazingly spotless and clean thanks to you know Steph's significant other who takes great care of the box but you know we had 10 boxes in what three days and four four days and and somewhere along the way it was just a miscommunication in time so Steph was expecting us to come in later she had told her entire community about it we show up at noon and we're just like hey we're here and we realized there was you know something went wrong we, we didn't have the opportunity to come back later that night because we had like two more boxes to go to. And rather than skipping out, we said, hey, you know, somewhere along the way, the three of us decided that Steph would take us through a workout as adaptive athletes. One member wound up showing up as well. I don't remember. Do you remember her name? I'm sure it's in the episode. Ooh, I don't. But she, she dealt with our shenanigans. But She was great. Man, she was great. A lot of fun. And, and Steph was just awesome. It's not always easy coaching a three-person class, right? You need to bring the energy, which Steph did. But also, I, I was not listening. You were a nightmare. <laughs> like, if you had to – if okay, you have Logan, Chappie, and then me. What's the order of best behaved to worst behaved? You were at the bottom. Like, my, <laughs> my one-year-old, my six-year-old are better behaved than you were in that class. Like, I was borderline – worried that i was like this is gonna be a shit episode because this guy can't act like even a teenager right now um, even a one-year-old even a one-year-old um, um no but i think uh no she i mean she did well with it and i and i you know and just for context we both know Steph, so where we didn't know any of the other gym owners for the most part so there was a, the, the it was a little bit more loose there which made it more fun so you know i've done i did you've known her for a long time i i I, I don't know if I did her level one. I for sure did her level two though, um, here at my gym. How'd she do? 
she did great. I mean, like she's a good coach. Like she's, she's confident. She knows what she's, she knows how to coach, you know, she's just has to do it uh, in her own style because, you know, she's in a wheelchair and that, that presents its own unique challenges that most of us will never even have to think about. Well, and I think, you know, seeing her in action, it's like, so many coaches like I can't do a muscle up. I can't coach it. Or I don't squat perfectly. I can't coach it. The girl's coaching from a wheelchair, which means, you know, we're, we're getting rid of 95% of any visual cues. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe she could do something overhead. You know, she's got a wheel around during class where, you know, we have the luxury of just walking, you know, not, and not just getting from person to person, but maybe navigating, you know, inside or outside of a rig or the equipment on the floor. So, you know, really that just comes down to like, what's your excuse as a coach? Like you need to figure out a way to be better because if, and she's not the only one. I mean, Kevin Ogar is on the CrossFit seminar staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stouty's an amazing coach. And these are just the athletes we know in a wheelchair, but any of those adaptive athletes are. You know, and we, the- and we, and we worked out with a lot of them at News River and, and one of the, the episodes that yet, that is yet to air at John's place. And some of those athletes are coaches there. Yeah. I mean, both from a coaching perspective and from an athlete perspective, this episode was super eye-opening to me, which is why I was so excited for it to come out. We purposely put it in the middle of the season as kind of like the midway point. That Noose River episode is our season finale, you know, so in another five weeks or so. But yeah, this was such a great episode. It was just, it was, I mean, eye-opening to me from the, from just getting around in a wheelchair to figuring out how to adapt the workouts. And let's, I'll let you do this for, explain the difference between adapting and scaling. So adapting is somebody who is dealing with an either a permanent or temporary, we'll call it disability slash injury. Like depending on like what bucket you want to throw them in, it kind of doesn't matter. It's the same thing. Scaling is a little bit more along the lines of, I really all I'm doing is I'm looking at like the three big ticket items. Like I'm going to scale load volume and then potentially the movement. But if you're talking about an adaptive athlete, this is somebody who is doesn't necessarily just need to modify what they're doing in the workout. They have uh, what I would probably best describe as like modifications that they have to deal with in their daily life. Like they are in a wheelchair or they use crutches or canes or they have um uh, only well, they might have only three sound limbs or two sound limbs or something like that so that's more along the lines of an adaptive athlete uh, it's you know it can be congenital or it can be due to some sort of acute uh injury in some way shape or form yeah and i think big picture the, the point is like if you're using the word scaling to an adaptive athlete I, you know i don't know that it would be offensive but it's frustrating to say the least because they're adapting the workout to suit their needs. They're not necessarily scaling, you know, let's take, yeah, a, cause it could be harder. It, it's most definitely harder, but I mean, it could be the same way, you know, Kevin Ogar, for example, doesn't scale the, the loads. He's stronger than us. It's just that he's scaling. I'm sorry. He's adapting the workout to suit the fact that he's in his, in his chair. Yeah. And, and this, and, and they talk about a little bit that about that in the, um, in the adaptive course, uh, about terms that you use and how you say things. And we talked about this before about, about trying to avoid saying, uh, things like if you don't have pull-ups. Right. You know, and you, you, you do a good things. job of that. 
Yeah. And you can say things that would be a little bit more along the lines of if we're still working on our pull-ups, this is what we're going to do today. So, um, and then the difference between, uh, it, you don't say, uh, you don't say an impaired limb, you would say, you would talk about their sound limb. So meaning I have a sound limb and I have a, like an unsound limb, meaning like that's, I have either I'm missing that limb or it's injured either permanently or temporarily. So I've got one sound arm and we're going to, and we're going to use that arm for, you know, so it's not necessarily addressing what they're, what they're adapting because of, and more so addressing what they're going to do, which is good coaching advice anyway. You know, it's like, it's, it's no, it's very similar to, to, to what you, you and I deal with at the level twos, which is somebody who cues by saying, Hey, don't round your back. Well, the better cue would be, Hey, pull your chest up or, uh, drop your hips or, you know, give them some sort of directive. Um, and it's kind of the same thing is like, you don't necessarily want to talk to their disability. you like, you want to talk to their ability and address what they're going to do, not necessarily what they can't do. Yeah. And I think it's like anything, you know, the world's a little bit soft and sensitive these days. So the best we can do to be proactive and use the right verbiage, you know, the better it is. And, 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 and like we've said, let's, we, we let's talk about it in this episode i worked out in a wheelchair you worked out as if you were a one-armed athlete obviously mm -hmm. still had two arms but you only used one and we started the workout with a with a back squat so mm -hmm. full disclosure i back squatted right i went into the into the wheelchair for the metcom but but you back squatted with only one arm what did you learn from that it was really challenging uh there's a lot of things that you don't have to consider simply by being able to put your to be able to put both hands on the bar the the adjustments you have to make for counterbalance where you put your hands how you now have to adjust the load because think about it typically if i have my if i'm on a back squat and i'm pulling down on the bar but now i remove one of those hands now i've got uneven force or effort applied to this what was what is what was actually not previous a lever that is now a lever right because right? i'm pulling on one and it's going to pull the other end up to the other side so um different things like that. And you just have to adjust your body position uh, pretty hard. And then very similar on the rower that when you row with one arm, it changes, you know, you, there's now, you know, like a different variation of torque because you're trying to adjust by pulling on one side and I don't, and I want to try to keep myself square. So um, it, it was, it was challenging. I mean, I was, I, I don't remember what I used, but I don't think I put 225 on the bar. I want to say I was like in the 185 range for a back squat and I, and I back squat a whole lot more than that. I mean, it's nothing crazy, but 185 was incredibly challenging because of the balance issue. Yeah. We all know when you were a division one basketball player, you back squatted. Did we talk about regionals 2012 though? <laughs> so, you know, so something else that was really impressive about this experience was as, as the coach, Steph really had to know not just how to coach people on these movements, and the, and the cues and the points of performance and the, and the faults, but then how to address the different injuries and, and how she would adapt it. And, you know, so for example, the one thing I remember is when we started the workout and the rowing, she was giving me these cues for the rower. And of course she's in a wheelchair, so it probably makes a little sense with her, but you know, she had to think about how am I going to coach this guy in a wheelchair versus this guy with one arm. And if there were other injuries going on, all of those, it's, it's really, it's impressive because it's not, it's, it's much more challenging than just coaching a standard class. 
you have to be much more well-versed in, and, and I'm pretty sure Alec, I'm pretty sure this is a staple of that course is with, is they really dive into movement function, you know, which is one of the things that we'd want to vary when we're looking at uh, all of the facets of programming, but it's largely overlooked. And we talk about function, we're talking about the functions like pulling versus pushing hip mediated versus shoulder mediated uh, function of like, what plane are we moving in? Is it frontal plane? Is it sagittal plane? Um, things of that nature. So, you know, you really have to understand the function of movements if you're going to work with adaptive athletes, because it's not going to be a standard scale, right? I, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to think like two or three levels deeper than that in order to create something for this for this adaptive athlete that still potentially fits function and then understanding that I might just have to switch it all together like the, the I might not be able to get that function based on what this athlete is dealing with yeah and I mean and that's really what we have to be thinking about I think that's often overlooked when it comes to a, a, any injury you know sometimes it, it, someone hurts their arm and it very quickly becomes all right we're not going to press anymore where it's like no the workout calls for a push press do it with one arm or both arms are hurt. Well, we often think, well, you can't go overhead, but a push press is a, you know, hip, hip driven movement. You know, what can we do? Mm -hmm. Like maybe it's a, a box jump instead. Maybe it's a partial squat. You have to really think about the function of the movement, not just what the outcome is going to be. So, uh, I'll, I'll give you a pretty solid example. So actually yesterday I had an athlete who submitted, and this is something that a lot of affiliators deal with and it's, it's, it's very much a struggle and it's frustrating. Somebody gets injured and typically it's not even in the gym. So this person got a stress fracture in their ankle running, not at our facility. So they submit a cancellation form. They're like, Oh, I can't come into the gym. Uh, and I'm transferring in two months anyway. So I'm just going to cancel. I said, come in, let's chat about it. And she's like, well, I just can't work out. And I said, what's the, what was the diagnosis? She said, it's a stress fracture and I have to be in this boot until they tell me to get out. And I said, you still work out. And she's like, well, I don't know how. And I said, that's my job. Of course you don't know how you're not a trainer. I said, I was like, I'll give you a couple examples right now. If you were clearly, you're not going to run. We're going to put you on the bike. You're going to bike with one leg and two arms on the assault bike. If you're going to be on the rower, you either put your foot on a skateboard or we have one of those little, I forget what they're called, but it's like just slides on the floor. You use them for like ab, ab stuff. Uh, most of the time <clears throat> I said if you're going to press overhead we'll just put your you know depending on how what we're doing I'll just put your knee on a box you just press off of a, a, a bent knee um, you know when I ruptured my Achilles that was the heaviest strict press I ever did to this day because I didn't have anything else to do I was just strict pressing all the time just to just to get training in so and there's there's plenty of data science and you know uh, articles out there to that prove if you're injured, one of the best things you can do is train because it actually speeds up the rate of recovery, but also the muscles that you're not moving. So your left shoulder is banged up. If you press with the right arm, you're actually using a lot of stabilizer muscles and other things on the left side that help help you continue to make progress. And and the other thing that's interesting about that is a lot of people who who have no training background, who have not done any kind of more like traditional gym training like bodybuilding type stuff are and there's more and more people like this who are only familiar with compound movements or only familiar with what we would consider like bilateral movements like using both legs simultaneously or both arms where there's a lot of value to doing single arm single leg work and for a lot of people that get injured this is their first introduction to that 
where that should be sprinkled in your programming anyway, because that, that can help alleviate imbalances. It can help, you know, in a lot of instances, those are the corrective protocols for people that have pelvic issues, whether it's pelvic shift or pelvic tilt or shoulder issues um, where, you know, where they have this weird shoulder where they're like, you know, the sh one shoulder's riding higher than the other one, like all that kind of stuff. It's all single arm, single leg work. And for people who have never dealt with that, now they're exposed to this whole other world of like, I can still get a really good training session in without using all of my limbs. Yeah, I, I think that's really important as a box owner, if you're listening or, or just a coach and explaining to the athletes the importance of it. And it's, of course, important for you to lead by example. Everyone will have an injury when it comes to, you know, training. And it's whether or not you continue to train when you have that injury. And the big takeaway is from a business standpoint, this is how you just start to develop confidence from your members in you. Because that, that girl did not cancel her membership. I was like, I'll see you tomorrow. Come in. She's like, what am I going to do? I'm like, I'll take care of it. That's my job. Just show up. I'll tell you what to do. And because people assume that they can't do anything. And if you don't reach out and pull them in and say, no, you're not canceling your membership then they're just going to cancel. The, the, the number of people that would, that would prefer that you tell them no is actually much higher than you think. Yeah, they, they just don't know any better. They just, they're just doing what they think they're supposed to do. So it's all about you educating them. Now, you know, going back to the workout at Hammer Driven Fitness, what else did you pick up from that? Any, for, for me, it was just a matter of understanding, wow, a, this is really hard to do in a wheelchair because there's so much you don't think about. The chair's moving. You know, you're unstable. You know, you're, you're, you're mostly hinging at the hip over and over again, um, as well as just the way it impacted my body. I remember my lower back just being lit up because I was using it in such a different way. What did, what did you pick up from that? A lot of the same stuff. It's just the, the attention to movement goes up significantly because I have to concentrate so much more you know I, I think when I because I did the workout I forget what the workout was like back squat rowing and something else what else was there double under well, the backs we did a we did a back squat workout and then the workout uh was rowing and double squat. unders no no it had back squat in it too oh that's right because I had to change I had to change the movement yeah so yeah. yeah you did like a slam ball or something I think but that's what I did I did a slam ball and the, it's and again uh, talking about that like every time you throw the ball down the chair was flying so i had to think about how am i going to throw this ball down so the chair didn't move as far mm -hmm. and so for me the the attention i had to give to move to to my movement like something you know for most crossfitters a 135 back squat in a, in a workout is not something i have to spend a ton of mental resources on i get it on my back and i start squatting but I mean, I really had to slow down and pay attention to that. Otherwise, I mean, like it was going to be an unsafe scenario for not just me, anybody who was in 12 foot distance of me, because that barbell was going to go flying somewhere. So um, yeah, it was, it was very challenging. And like I said, the row was challenging. And then I did a single arm battle rope for the double unders. And That's right. that was, you know, and I've, I've played around with battle ropes and stuff like that. Not a ton, so that was a different stimulus that I hadn't really had in a while. And then doing it single arm was, was very different. Like, again, like you've already addressed it, like stabilizing when you're doing anything on one side of the body, that's why dumbbells are so hard. You know, it, it's, it's different, you know, which again, creates variance. 
Yeah, and and again, going back to you know, give Steph some some kudos. You know, she she had to think about all the different ways we were going to adapt that workout. You know, imagine if you didn't know. I mean, she didn't know two people were going to show up with injuries. So you have to be prepared for that. I highly recommend checking out the adaptive course with our buddies Alec and and Stouty and a bunch of other people. But I mean, because that's really the direction CrossFit's going. We need to show everybody in the world anyone can do this. I mean. You and I are heading to HQ next month to to work with the you know what what do they refer to those guys as the uh, underserved population the underserved population and that's you know typically a overweight and and pre diabetic and and really it, old it, like that's the it's basically like I was talking to a guy here earlier it's kind of like I mean if you were to put it in a bucket it's just like kind of like and not to be offensive but it's like the old and fat group right? Like people yeah. who are severely overweight and very old. And we don't mean old, like you're in your sixties. We mean old, like you're in your eighties and nineties, because that's just some of the people they have at HQ right now. And people who are hundreds with an S pounds overweight. Yeah. I mean, I think coach Glassman referred to them as, you know, fat and old, like you just did, but it's the same principle. If you're, if you're doing this these, these days and you want your box to grow and be successful, these are the people you need to touch. And that's good content. Like there's a guy here doing a video right now for beyond the whiteboard at my gym, but that's the kind of stuff you want to be thinking about with regard to like showcasing and creating confidence that otherwise people will have negations about. They're like, I can't do CrossFit because they think CrossFit is Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah. I mean, and, and I've seen it happen in my boxes. Like when you get into one community, everyone just comes in. Like, you know, that person in a wheelchair knows other person, people in a wheelchair, they're all going to be coming into your box. I mean, that's, again, that's, you'll see, you guys will see it at News River in in the dropping in episode. I I don't know how many adaptive athletes John has at his gym, but it is a lot. Yeah. I mean, it seemed like everyone was adapting in in, in the class. I'm not being. 15 to 20 people in that class. And I would say minimum of 40% of them were adapting in some way, whether it was, you know, MS, CP, small stature. Um, there was a couple other. That was me. That was me. Yeah, that was you, small stature. The, uh, what was the other one? Um, well, someone was missing an arm. Uh, I don't know if it was missing an arm. It might have been missing. Yeah. There was, there the was woman- an issue. Uh, Tippy is her name, but it's not missing an arm. There, she, there was an accident there, I believe. But anyway. Yeah. You know, significant, like what, like what most people would maybe freak out about if they walked in and that was the the group of athletes that they had to now coach. Yeah. And then, you know, kudos to John as well. He did a great job. I mean, obviously it's his community. He knows them, but he, you know, set it up for them to adapt. And it wasn't, you know, it was what box step ups and uh devil's press or something. So devil's it was, press. yeah, it was a hard workout to, <coughs> to, to think about. Well, all right. We, we've talked about hammer driven. Any, any other sentiments or thoughts about our experience there? It was fun, man. And it, it, and, and stuff does a good job of keeping things light. And, you know, if you haven't listened to the, uh, to our most recent episode about entertaining, go back and listen to it. It is important, you know, and I, and I do think there are some times when you kind of have to throw caution to the wind with regard to the timeline eventually, like we had a good time there and that's, what's important. That's what, that's why people come back. More so because they're having a good time. This morning, uh, the 9 a.m. class, like, I don't know how it came up, but I I consciously made a decision. I was like, I am going to punt this whiteboard brief 
because the discussion that's happening right now about playlists and what people would put as their kind of like run out song is better than the whiteboard. And, and for me, it, the white and the whiteboard brief was about deadlifts, five doubles. I'm like, I can brief that in 30 seconds, probably 10. Let's just bullshit for four minutes, have a good time and I'll make it up somewhere else. And, and that conversation continued for another 20 minutes through the general warm up, through the specific warm up, into the heavy lifting session because everybody's just doing it. Like, so don't forget that, you know, like just because, you know, if there are challenges presented in the class doesn't mean it can't be fun. Like pick that, if, if, if that stuff is happening, people are smiling, like, man, just throw more gas on that and, and let that fire burn. I, I think it's super important to not, to not lose sight of that is like, yeah, we're there to coach and we're there to make people move better, but you don't have to do it at the expense of fun and, and people having a good time, whether they're fully functional or whether they're adaptive, um, it can still be fun and it's our job to make that happen. So again, it's like about being prepared. Like think about if you were doing a rowing workout and you had a chaired athlete, like what would you do? Like, just think about it. You probably come up with something, you probably, you, at the bare minimum, you're going to Google it and find a YouTube video that shows you that you can break the rower in half and figure out how to do that, you know? Yeah, I mean, going back to any episode we've had with an adaptive athlete on, the one thing they always reiterate is just ask, just talk to us. So if you do have an adaptive athlete come into your box, ask them, hey, what can you do? What do you like to do? What do you think would work for this? Don't be afraid to ask. They have a lot more experience with it than you do. And in my experience, I don't know how yours is, Jay, but like they tend to bring a lighter mood most of the time. Yeah, the I think it's not, they, it's the opposite of what you think it's going to be. Well, yeah, I think, you know, they realize, hey, this is a unique experience for the coach. They, you know, they're not used to this. Let me make it as palatable and easy to, for them as possible. And, and part of that is let's have a good attitude about it. Yeah. And I think that's super important and maybe they're not that person, but you might have to force the issue about making sure they feel like it's not a big deal that they're there. You know, because like, again, we use my example yesterday because it's, it's fresh in my mind. She was legitimately worried about impeding the class. I'm like, don't worry about it. Like, it's not a big deal. Like this is a non-issue and I'm going to have to, and listen, as an affiliate owner of 10 years, I'm still having that fight and you're going to have that fight. Like it's not going away. People don't know what they don't know. Remember, somebody's on their first day when, when you're on year 10, and you can't lose sight of that. Absolutely. Well, shout out to all the boxes that had us, but shout out on this episode to Steph and Hammer Driven Fitness. Uh, we had a great time. We learned a lot. And hopefully, if you check out the episode over at our YouTube channel, you'll learn a lot. Yep. Also, if you guys have questions, we're getting a lot of them on there. Check out the uh, affiliate programming on Wattify and Sugarwad too. Yeah, and we're going to post those links. And if you have any questions on anything we do, hit us up. We've had some great episodes lately, and most of them are coming from your questions, your topics that we get your emails. Hey, can you please discuss this? Or I'm experiencing this. So keep emailing us, day at gmail.com. I do my best to get back to you. And uh, we, we store those emails away for future episodes. So, so please let us know if there's anything we can do to help you develop as a coach. Um, and that's it for today, Fern. All right. See you, little buddy. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. And thanks again to our special guest. We appreciate all you guys do for us with Best Hour of Their Day when it comes to sharing our 
posts on Instagram, when it comes to subscribing to us on YouTube, when it comes to the constant feedback, we are grateful and we appreciate it. We are trying to build a community based on coaching development and becoming the best version of yourself. And it goes without saying that we couldn't do without all of you. So if you haven't already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Season one of Dropping In is out. We are getting tremendous feedback and we'd love for you to check it out. Leave us a comment on there. Head over to our Instagram. Give us a follow. Like our pictures. Feel free to share anything that resonates with you. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or feedback for us, please don't hesitate. Email us best hour of their day at gmail.com. Thanks again. Until the next episode, we hope you've had the best hour of your day.